Worcester Culture Watch, a podcast connecting you with the local culture scene in Worcester. Arts, entertainment, music, and more. Worcester Culture Watch from the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. Hello and welcome to another edition of Worcester Culture Watch. I'm Victor Infante, Entertainment Editor for the Worcester Telegram and Gazette. I'm here today with reporter Craig Seaman. Hi, Craig. Hi, Victor. It's always good to see you. Good to see you, too. And we are going to talk about two subjects I don't know enough about as I should. One, Stephen King, and two... Orange, Massachusetts. You would think I would know more about either, but you would be wrong. There are there are big gaps in my knowledge. So, are you a big? Have you uh, read a lot of Stephen King? I have read like some. I have uh-huh. read The Stand. I've read The Shining. I've read like Carrie, and I didn't care for it. I didn't care for Cujo. I think. Those are about the books I started picking up and stopped liking things. I read like the first Dark Tower book. I, I, I don't, I've not read much, and all of this was like in high school. And you actually read more than I have. I, uh, and, I mean, uh, you talk about Carrie, which which was the first Stephen King movie made. Mm-hmm. And I have seen a lot of those movies. Yeah, uh, same here. I'm, I'm more a Stephen King movie guy yeah. than a Stephen King book guy. So these people get up in arms about a Stephen King book being translated to a movie, and it's not translated properly i'm like i don't know what you're talking about yeah yeah and i read i mean i saw most of those movies before i read the books yes so you know i don't know those are the versions that are iconic right. in my head you know and the, I love, especially I, the shining and, and before we talk about the news in hand mm-hmm. i love the backstory of carrie more than the actual story i don't know the backstory of carrie well being that you're a writer who published writer in mm-hmm. multiple uh, markets. Stephen King wrote Carrie, mm-hmm. and he was rejected by every possible place you can think of, and he pretty much said, I'm done with this, mm-hmm. and literally threw it in a fireplace, <laughs> uh, not unlike uh, Kathy, uh, James Conn did <laughs> to and, Kathy Bates in yep. Misery, and his wife, who was, I'm sure, nothing like Kathy Bates in Misery, took it out of the fire when he was looking or whatever and sent it to, I think, one more place and paid dirt. It was accepted. <laughs> However, they said, you know, you got to make this a little longer. It's short, and that's why there's so much padding with the newspaper. Ah, uh, that would explain and, it. And, you know, the rest is history. Oh, I never heard that story. Yeah, well, no, I've and, learned already learned something. This is educational. And that's a great love story. It really is. And Tabitha <laughs> King herself is actually a very fa- fa- yep. fantastic writer. And their son, Joe Hill, is actually one of my favorite actually, writers he's, lately. he's very good. I, I've, been, I've read almost everything he's written. Yeah, he's a chip off the old, I guess, I actually, Stephen King chopping block. This is going to be heresy, but I think he's actually a better writer. <laughs> I, I, I actually do. I think he, I mean, Stephen King's creative, but his actual quality of prose, Joe Hill is amazing. Is he better on the endings than uh, Stephen? Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We won't even talk about the original It ending, which mm. supposedly they're not going to do this time around with the the Bill Scans guy. Yeah, um, probably not for the best. Uh, there. <laughs> All right, but let's get to the matter of hand, which is Castle Rock, airing now on Hulu. Cool. The first three episodes are uh, up on Hulu, 
and that's going to be one a week from here for 10 oh, episodes. Oh, that that's how they're doing it. That's, to my understanding, how they're doing it. Okay. Hats only seen three. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and uh, we both seen the first episode. We have both seen the first episode, and you have seen the other two, or no? I haven't, but okay. I, I, so there, was, there was a place that I could have. So we're still back on the first episode, and we're going to warn everybody here, spoiler alert, we will be spoiling the first episode of Castle Rock. Why you would listen to a podcast about Castle Rock if you didn't want to risk being spoiled for it is beyond me, but that's, that's going to happen. And be aware that Victor's going to spoil more than me. Probably. Because <laughs> I, I tiptoe over those things. Yeah, I'm going to bulldozer. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Tell us what's up with Castle Rock, Craig. Well, I mean, uh, we both saw it, and uh, I, I think we were both uh, we were discussing off mic yep. that we were both impressed by the acting. Definitely. Um, Henry uh, M. Devers, played by Andre Holland, best known for the movie uh, Academy Award winning Best Picture. Yeah. During that fiasco year with La La Land, uh, Moonlight. <laughs> Moonlighting. Moonlight. Moonlight. Uh, which was a dark version of the Bruce Willis uh, <laughs> Subtle Shepherd show from the. No, no, yeah, no, no. no, 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 no. no. Total, totally different thing. Very confused, there, yeah. Craig. Very confused. <laughs> Lying's missing and so if you but uh I'm I'm really not familiar with this actor. Oh, that that's really the only thing I know him from either, yeah. to tell the truth. And uh I haven't seen that movie. No La La Land. Uh-huh. <laughs> and, and he holds it together. He's very convincing. He's there's such a wonderful undercurrent with him when he's acting. Just just you can feel something going on underneath him and I that just communicates Absolutely. so well. And I, Absolutely. I love that. Love that. And uh and uh, this doesn't really ruin anything, but he really, he's a death row attorney. Yep. So most of his clients die <laughs> at the end. He doesn't seem to be a good death row attorney from the little we've seen. And uh and he reluctantly returns to Castle Rock. Which is where he's from. Which is where he's from and has a deep, dark, secret past or something. We we know it has to do with his father, um, his adopted father. I think we can be a little upfront with that on yeah, this I mean, point. That's, I think, I think that's in the first two minutes. It's of really the, in the yeah. first few minutes. Um, when he was a boy, he was 10 years old, he disappeared for about 11 days. There was a manhunt looking for him. They thought he was lost. They thought he was abducted. His father died in the course of those 11 days. Right. He was found by a friend of the family, a local sheriff, 11 days later, fine, with no memory of what happened, no frostbite, nothing. So a lot of people blame, blame him, in the town blame him. Still. Still, even though he was a 10-year-old boy yeah. for his father's death. His father was a beloved pastor. So, so that's the emotional... Right torrent that he walks into beyond any other mysteries or yeah. supernatural occurrences he claims to have no memory of those 11 days whether that's true or not we'll see right absolutely yep. and being Stephen King looks like I mean the horror element is definitely American gothic type horror element is certainly there at the get go oh yes and they're kind of hinting although I don't know how, how they're going to go with this there seems to be a little bit of a supernatural element going on. Mm, especially yeah. with the woods, especially, I mean, something strange happened 11 days, and, now, uh, and it was really cold. <laughs> now, there are, of course, shout-outs to Stephen King's other works in, the, in there and Easter eggs, and we don't know how relevant they are. But the big one, of course, is 
this is Shawshank Prison is is sort of at the center of this. Absolutely. From yeah. the Shawshank Redemption. And I noticed, uh, like I said, I'm not a big uh, purist when it comes to the books, but there was an almost immediate reference when we went to Shawshank to the prison warden's outcome that uh, Andy Dufresne's Tim Robbins' character outsmarted mm-hmm. in, the, in the movie The Shawshank Redemption. Yep. Uh, I think they're still digging bullet holes. <laughs> the, exactly. The bullet hole uh, is still on the wall. Exactly. There was a cra- there was a crack about that. Yep. Yeah. Shawshank, a great uh, redemption, great movie. Mm-hmm. One of the uh, better Stephen King movies that, that that is not a horror movie. Indeed. Uh, that, well, that and Stand by Me. Yes. Uh, which also makes references to uh, Castle Rock. Yep. So we're seeing a lot of the Stephen King multiverse now, and I think a lot of it is mostly probably going to be window dressing, but I could be wrong. Absolutely. And, uh, and uh, uh, as you know, one, one reason why we're here, this is, uh, one of the, this is the first show that's been filmed in, uh, in Massachusetts. I almost said solely Worcester uh, since uh, Spencer for Hire. Mm-hmm. With Robbie Urich, which for a period in the 80s, I think for three seasons, was a major deal. Oh, yeah. No, Spencer Fry was a big deal in it. And it was a major deal in Massachusetts. So much so that Spencer Mass changed her name to Spencer as... They changed the C in her name to an S to uh, reflect Spencer for hire and to hope to attract them. Tourists, I would imagine. Yeah, and uh, and one one of the memorable episodes that I remember, simply because I kind of was a part of it, like 10,000 other extras, was that they filmed an episode at the Worcester Centrum with John D- guest star John Davison, of all the cheesy TV actors you can get, playing a crazy evangelist. And for like eight hours... He had like 10,000-plus uh, extras from Worcester and Worcester area listening to uh, John Davidson saying like 20 times over, praise God. <laughs> and I I remember Robert Urich was actually in one scene behind us, like in the lobby. <laughs> of the- Is that why you reflexively genuflect when you see John Davidson on TV? <laughs> God, we could we should do a podcast on John Davidson's career, who actually played the Bull Run not too long ago. Yeah, he did actually. I think, and he's become yeah, he, like a long haired guy. I don't even know. I I don't even know. You can't even keep track. But yeah, no. Um, I want really quick correction because a lot of people tried to correct us on Facebook and they were wrong. Um, oh, that's the best way to correct. They, they um. People pointed out to Cheers and Boston Legal as being shot here, and they weren't. They weren't. Both of those shows were shot in Los Angeles, to right. the best they of my knowledge. Occasionally had exterior scenes yeah. or film. Fringe scenes. did the same thing. Fringe, yeah. which was shot in Boston, did exterior shots here, yeah. which was set in Boston, was shot in Canada. Yeah, I was going to say, but it was probably Fringe, Vancouver. But right? it was. Um, they did do exterior shots here, including of Worcester. Yeah, but there were. They weren't here. <laughs> and, uh, and people, I got news for you. Seinfeld was not filmed in New York either. <laughs> no. Most of what you see in film yeah. in New York is actually filmed on the Universal Studios yes, lot in abs- Los Angeles, abs- California. Absolutely. Yeah. Oh, that's, I didn't realize we got that criticism. Uh, it, it wasn't a criticism, but people tried to you know, yeah. be outsmart yeah, us. Uh, <laughs> I mean, it's, uh, yeah, I mean, it's based there, but that doesn't mean it's filmed there. And yeah. usually with shows like that, Cheers, a great show. Mm-hmm. Um, 
when you know when it's filmed in there because it, first off it's filmed. Yes, <laughs> it's not like a soundstage. Exactly. Yeah, actually, my wife and I went to an LA Weekly gala, their twentieth anniversary gala, I believe, twenty fifth maybe, at the Museum of Television Sciences in Los oh. Angeles, and most of the party was on the Cheers set, <laughs> which my wife, being being a Massachusetts girl who has been to the Bull and Finch before it was a replica of Cheers, was lost in the meta of it because she was on a replica of a Boston bar 3,000 miles away from her, <laughs> Boston, from the Boston bar, which she had actually been to. That's funny. Yeah, so that was, that was exciting. <laughs> All right, we have gotten off topic again. <laughs> but yeah, we have a tendency to do that. We do. <laughs> well, uh, quickly, uh, it appears that... Um, Orange, Mass, of all places, sleepy little town of Orange. Mm-hmm. And I think they would be the first ones to admit it, so I don't think I'm being offensive by saying that. Okay. Uh, has, be- for four months, became Castle Rock Central. Yes. So much so that, um, I mean, in the first episode, which is all we've seen, there's an episode where, uh, there's a scene where uh, Andre Holland's character stands at the steps of the Church of the Incarcer- uh, Incarceration. I'm sorry, Incarnation in Castle Rock, Maine. And that's actually the first universalist church on North Main Street in Orange. Excellent. And uh, And they paid for upgrades to that church so they could shoot it there. Oh, yeah. I I think, although I've never been in the church, there are scenes. Those scenes are probably filmed inside that church. But I, I, I won't. Bet my ear. I don't I don't know the details, but I know they they paid for the the studio paid for a lot of repairs and upgrades to things around town so they could shoot, be able to shoot. Well, it's there. amazing what they were. I mean, they're making new st- stairways, concrete. I yeah, mean, they, they do a, a nifty job. And one thing they did they a lot of uh, uh, storefronts, and as we've seen in the first episode, um, Castle Arc has gone through a decline. Let's say, yeah. Yeah, one of the main characters is a a drug addicted uh, opioid real addicted op- okay opioid addicted real estate agent, and Castle Rock is not going to sell real estate no. because when Andre's uh, Holland's character comes into town, everything that he knows is pretty much boarded up and closed. Yeah, including the cemetery where his father was. Born. Yeah, <laughs> which was actually in the is a a thing that they constructed uh, there, although it's really. They moved the cemetery, but there wasn't a cemetery actually of there. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> but the thing that intrigued me the most is that the house that seems to hide a lot of secrets is actually the one that Sissy Spacek of Carrie fame lives, uh, who is uh, uh, Andre Holland's ad- adopted mother, mm-hmm. uh, is in on Ball Street in Orange, so, <laughs> which... Uh, if you want to go uh, sightseeing, well, yeah, let's not let's not like bug some <laughs> some private citizens somewhere out there. But and of course, the, you know, most uh, Orange looks gorgeous in this. I mean, it looks like a worn out yeah. town, a factory town, as most a lot of places do. But it is so beautifully and lovingly shot. I really was right. struck by that. It's, you know, some of the overhead shot, drone yeah, shots. Yeah, there was a lot of drone shots. Everywhere. Are absolutely gorgeous, and and of course, um, wasn't just um. Orange that was shot. There was even here in Worcester. Worcester, uh, according to our cultural uh, agent over across the street, uh, Aaron Williams, right? Yep. Uh, sorry, Aaron. I'm bad on names. 
He's uh, recovering from last night's Taylor Swift concert. <laughs> uh, there was three places that they were filmed, mm-hmm. including the building where the telegramming gazette's located, uh, yep. the Mercantile Center, where Bill Skarsgård, best known as Pennywise the Dancing Cloud in uh, the Hollywood blockbuster remake of it, uh, dressed four corporate, c- corporate suits around a boardroom. Mm-hmm. And uh, the... He let the cat out of the bag, so to speak. He had a, an attache case or something, which he opened, and a cat came out of it. And That's that was all the, we know. That was that was that took nine hours to film. And we were uh, many of us here at the telegramming is that we're watching from up above. I was I was one of them <laughs> for part of that. It was it was very unusual to watch. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, and there was also a scene uh, filmed at Vernon Hill School, which we didn't get close to. Mm. Uh, but uh, at the time they were filming it, um, locals were advised that someone might jump off the school's roof. <laughs> and, ah. if you, and if you've seen the trailers or the teasers for this, it seems like there's a lot of uh, jumping and suicides. Uh, I I believe the someone we see uh, someone jump off a bridge. I would bet that that's the main bridge that they closed a lot in Athol. That would probably be the yeah. case. I mean, uh, we got to get a travel log out there and see everything. But uh, we should eventually pin this one by the time the series is over. Pin a map of where yeah. everything yeah. is. Yeah, I think May- we could actually find. Well, it. I'm sure graphics will love us suggesting that. Hi, so, Don. what do you think of the show? I like the show. A lot of the complaints were that it was slow in the beginning, and some of the other reviewers say that it picks up faster. I don't mind slow. Nor do I. I, I. I actually like to sink into a show. I don't like system shock. Right. I don't need to start with adrenaline. I like things. I like to be able to sink into a mystery and find out what's, you know, get a feel for what's going on before it takes off. Well, I, I, I agree with you. And I, I mean, I think the first episode, which was an introduction and should mm-hmm. be treated as such, I mean, there was enough creepiness going on. But they introduce us to the major characters, the four or five, and impeccable acting all around. It's great to see Sissy Spacek again, and I, her her performance was flawless. Uh, she's suffering from, uh, uh, it seems like, the early stages, or maybe it's the late stages of dementia. Mm. And she she's great. In it. No, Sissy Spacek really is out of this world on it. It's a fantastic performance, and it's just chilling so far, and it's chilling in a human way, not in a supernatural right. way. And I'm I'm very curious, and that it's not a coincidence that we have such heavy hitters from past Stephen King productions, such as Bill Skarsgård, Sissy Spacek, and there I'm, I imagine we'll see more before this is over. But anyways, I think we should about wrap that up. Is there any last words on Castle Rock? I would say give it a chance. If you got Hulu or if you got a friend that has Hulu or you got connections, uh, it looks, and if you're a Stephen King fan, mm. it looks like it's worth uh, giving it a ride. All right. Well, that concludes another edition of Worcester Culture Watch. We'll be back next week. As always, our music was composed by DJ Manipulator. Thank you and good night.